Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buffalo, COVID tyrants, Josh Hammer, a great light in the mood. Get ready for a treat tonight on I'm Right. What's my policy? On mass shootings, what's my policy on it? There are a couple things. Long-time viewers will know what they are, but allow me to go over it again right now because I need to explain why we're not going to do 20 minutes on Buffalo today. One, I don't stand on the graves, on the bodies of freshly dead people and politic. I don't do it. I think it's despicable people who do do it. This all began really in this country under Barack Obama, where every mass shooting he would run to the microphone, I've never seen anything like it, and start gun grabbing right away without hesitation. I think it tears apart the fabric of a nation when you do that. It does. The human body, the human mind, it needs time to mourn. You need time to mourn. That's why, that's why we have so many funeral rituals in different cultures. People have to come together 
and more. That's all. And when you immediately politicize the whole thing, you take away the ability for a society to do that, and it rips a society apart. It does. So that's one reason I don't do mass shootings. Two, I think it's the most disgraceful thing in the world. We can't develop a national, a national set of rules for these things. Not laws, you know, just a, a set of rules people abide by, just out of the goodness of their hearts, that says, in the wake of a mass shooting, we never give out his name. We don't read his manifesto. We don't do any of these things. Yes, there are sick, freak, evil people in this world like this guy who need to be put down like dogs. So when they decide they're going to go out in a blaze of glory, they do these things so they can go out famously. They want to be famous. If we deny them that, then he goes and does his psycho thing in a much quieter, less destructive way. So I'm not going to give you his name. I'm not going to talk about the things that were in his manifesto. Haul him off to the electric chair and have a good day. Now, sadly, that way of thinking does not translate to most of this country. I hate it. I, I hate that Adam Schiff immediately comes out, immediately, two hours after the shooting was reported, and says, angry that the GOP continues to block the most safety gun measures. Just immediately immediately think about that think about, i want you to think about this 10 people dead two hours after it was reported so it's not outside of the realm of possibility that one of the people dead in that grocery store their family still didn't even know or if they did know just found out somebody's mom dad brother son sister died in there kids hadn't heard from him Mom hadn't heard from him. Husband hadn't heard from him. And maybe at the moment the cops had to show up at the door and explain, sir, your wife's never coming home again, Democrats are gun-grabbing. What are you doing? This is what divides a country. And of course, Joe Biden was the worst of them, unsurprisingly. The lone gunman, armed with weapons of war and hate-filled soul, shot and killed 10 innocent people in cold blood. The Justice Department has stated publicly that it is investigating the matter as a hate crime, racially motivated act of white supremacy and violent extremism. As they do, we must all work together to address the hate that remains a stain on the soul of America. Wow, that's awesome. Running up to Buffalo, Getting, getting ahead of that white supremacy stuff. That is weird, though. I don't... Man, maybe I'm wrong. Mr. Producer, let me know if I'm wrong. I don't remember seeing a video like that after a black supremacist mowed down 70 white people in a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Eight-year-old boy. He died that day, as well as several others. Nothing from Joe Biden. And again, th th this is the thing. Can't we just condemn all violence? Can't we condemn all disgusting race supremacy ideology isn't all of it gross well no it's not gross when you view everything in the lens of politics everything doesn't have to be seen that way but that again because it is the communist religion that's how he looks at it look at this disgusting pig Anna Navarro 
And listen, if you are an advertiser, advertising on that station, you are part of the problem. If you sit on the board and are trying to be a civilized person, Paul Ryan, my friend, I'm talking to you, you are part of the problem. Yep. If you're a Republican donor tweeting about how bad you feel about this, but you're donating to people like Elise Stefanik, you are part of the problem. Yeah. If you are a staffer working for them, you are part of the problem. If you are voting for them, you are part of the problem. So I'll tell you what great replacement theory should be. We should replace all these people peddling hate and making financial yeah. and political gain from spreading racism. We should replace them with people who hold up American values. Look how quickly they decided who the enemy was, too. Not some psychopath up there in Buffalo who deserves to die. Almost immediately, while the bodies were still warm, while families were still getting the worst phone call you could ever get in your entire life, they decided, how can I use this for political reasons? Yeah, 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 people are dead, whatever. How can I use this for political reasons? We'll blame Republicans. Let's act like it was Republicans. And now we'll attack Republicans over it. How sick and depraved are these people? All right. Speaking of politicizing death, let's talk about COVID communism. Dr. Fauci's in the news. Oh, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. You're probably cringing right now. Get out from under your desk, all right? It's, it'll just be brief. Dr. Fauci's in the news. Went on with Jim Acosta, and boy, you have to admire the chutzpah to go on TV and say this if you're Fauci. If Trump were to return to the White House as president um, and COVID is still a threat or there's some other public health emergency, would you have confidence in his ability? Uh, would you have confidence in his ability to deal with the, the a pandemic of, of this nature? Would you want to stay on in your post? Uh, well, no, <laughs> to the second <laughs> question. Uh, the, <laughs> the first question I think is, I knew the answer, know, uh, but I had to ask you. It, it, <laughs> um, if, if you look at the history of what the response was during the administration, I think, you know, at best you could say it wasn't optimal. And I think just history will, will speak for itself about that. I, I don't need to make any further comment on that, Jim. That, it's not productive. You would not serve with, with Trump again, though. That, fair to say. Right. Right. For sure. Oh. Hold on, hold on. Dr. Fauci doesn't like the Trump response to the virus? Dr. Fauci was the Trump response to the virus. Trump handed the keys of the country to Dr. Fauci and said, here, go. All the lockdowns, the masks, the social distancing, the everything, that all came from Dr. Fauci. What's he complaining about? And prior to Donald Trump handing him the keys to the country, nobody knew who this guy was. You had no idea. I had no idea who Dr. Fauci was before coronavirus. I talk about politics for a living, four hours a day. An hour here on TV every night, three hours on the radio every day. I, my job is to know these things. I'd never heard of the name Anthony Fauci in my life until coronavirus. Now, he's the highest paid government employee. He's on the cover of Vanity Fair. He's throwing out the first pitch of baseball games. You don't like the Trump response? Buddy, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to you, and you were the Trump response. And you know what our response should be? 
it should be arresting Dr. Fauci and throwing him in prison. And I'm, I'm not, again, trying to be over the top about this. If we don't take the public health officials who destroyed the Western world and hold them to account, they'll do the same thing the next time. I'm not going to bother playing it for you now because we've done it a thousand times on the show, but Dr. Fauci's on camera saying, masks, why would we put everyone in a mask? That's dumb. It's not going to do anything. We're not going to put everyone in a mask. He's on camera saying it. And then, like a light bulb went on. Dr. Fauci immediately thinks everyone has to be in a mask. No, make it two masks. Now we have children across the United States of America with developmental issues, language issues. We have a 51% increase in teenage girl suicides. Dr. Fauci feels way, way too comfortable going on camera still and running his mouth when Dr. Fauci actually should be out there seeking out the best legal representation possible for the impending arrest that is coming his way. A nation that has any interest in continuing on for some time would arrest people like this. But we don't. Instead, we celebrate them, we hold them up like heroes. All, all the scumbags, they're all taken care of. They never see justice. He'll never see justice. He'll never go to trial. That's, that's wishful thinking on my part. They never see justice, ever. You can do whatever you want now as long as you're part of the system and the system takes care of its own. Maybe the best example of this is Jen Psaki, who spent the last year and a half lying through her teeth, and now what's happening? The Biden administration is in free fall. Democrats are going to get murdered at the midterms. Everybody knows that. It's going to be a slaughtering of epic proportions, and then he's going to be a completely limp president. Worth nothing. Can't do anything at all. We might have a supermajority in the House. So what happens? Does Jen Psaki have to ride that ship all the way down? Nope. <laughs> off scot-free, and she's heading off to MSNBC to make bank. And of course, on her way out the door, she has to lie some more. Out why we need this funding, what the consequences will be if we do not have it, and those are significant. I mean, obviously, more Americans will die needlessly, which is the biggest uh, heartbreaking issue. We have to have funding or more Americans will die needlessly? What kind of funding are we talking about, Jen? Is this the kind of funding that's put white people to the back of the line when there was COVID money available for businesses? Oh, the Biden administration wants you to forget about that. Is this the kind of funding that also put white people to the back of the line if they went out and sought things like monoclonal antibodies? What funding are we talking about? Maybe we're, oh, oh, I know. Maybe we're talking about the $163 billion in fraud that we now know has taken place, surprise, surprise, with all that COVID money of yours that they handed out. And they're not even pretending they're going to get it back. They're like, ah, it's probably gone for good. And remember, remember, COVID was real, is real. But COVID has been blown up from the very beginning into something it's not at all. And to this day, they continue to lie. Here's the president of the United States of America going on camera and contradicting his own CDC who had to come out and admit, oh, no, 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 all those COVID deaths. No, no, those were people who died with COVID, not, not from COVID. It's actually like 40, 50,000 died from COVID. Yet the president feels comfortable saying this. 
we mark a tragic milestone here in the United States. One million COVID deaths, one million empty chairs around the family dinner table. Around the world, many more millions have died. Millions of children have been orphaned. And with thousands still dying every day, now is the time for us to act, all of us together. We all must do more, we must honor those we have lost by doing everything we can to prevent as many deaths as possible. One million? That's not true. Not true at all. But it is weird how many people in charge seem to want that to be true. Why are they still pushing so hard for this? Why would an unpopular administration still be pushing so hard for coronavirus? Why is this taking place with all the unpopular Western leaders? Here's Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau. Prepare for the next health crisis because there will be others. The pandemic is not over. And as it persists, it changes. It's misguided to think this pandemic is over. The pandemic is not over anywhere until it's over everywhere. Come together to shape new international norms on these issues. Together, we can establish common understandings that guide our collective action. To strengthen the international health regulations and negotiate a new international instrument for pandemic prevention, preparedness and response. Vaccines. Vaccines. We call for policy commitments to boost vaccination. To help get shots in arms. Getting vaccines from tarmacs into arms. We also need to accelerate vaccine uptake and ensure vaccines make it into arms quickly and equitably. And sustain our efforts to get, get shots in people's arms all around the world, expand access to treatment and save lives everywhere. Almost had a stroke just watching that. All right. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have the great Liz Wheeler joining us next to talk about this and other things. But first, let's talk about where you spend your money, where I spend my money. I know you're sick of the corporate filth out there. I am too. I know you're sick of your values being spit on by corporate America. I am too. But what do we do, right? You feel surrounded. Oh, I had to go down. I had to get some school supplies for the, for the kids. Oh, no. That big box store, turns out they had trans day the day before. I had no idea. Would you like to make that process easier for yourself? Go download Public SQ. It's right there in your app store. Google Play, Apple, whatever you have. Public SQ. It's going to give you the answer to the question you're asking yourself a lot now. Where should I spend my money? I need this where can I spend my money for it on a place that won't dump on my values? Public SQ. Go get it today. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
Joining me now, my friend Liz Wheeler, of course, of the Liz Wheeler Show. Liz, before I get going on riffing on Dr. Fauci and all these other scumbags who've destroyed this country and launched the world into what I believe is going to be another Great Depression, I just want to ask, is it humanly possible to actually get trials and prison time for these people? Because I've been calling for it a lot. I want to move that way. But I don't feel like there's a lot of people with me on that. There's not a lot of, I mean, there's there's not a lot of people in general with you on that, and there's fewer in the United States Congress. I actually had this conversation the other day about what's going to happen once Republicans probably take over Congress in 2022 in the midterms. We almost certainly will take over the House. Hopefully we'll take over the Senate, although I don't want to count my chickens before they've hatched. And I actually, the conversation that I had was, is something going to happen? They're certainly going to hold hearings. They're going to showboat. They're going to get good clips for their social media. They might even ask some gotcha questions. But is there going to be accountability? And the fact that we are sitting here having this conversation, that I've had this conversation before, shows us that, well, probably not. Because if it's a, if it's a question of whether accountability is going to happen, it means there's a track record of it not happening. Great. Well, well, speaking of people who should be first in line for those trials, but will never see it, here's Dr. Flipflop. You've been basically accused of flip-flopping on your positions. Can you clarify why some of those nuanced opinions are really important? Yeah, what I can say, it's a good thing I have flip-flopped. <laughs> and the reason is because science and the evolution of this outbreak changes. If you are being true to the facts and true to the data, you're going to have to change. That's not flip-flopping. That's getting moving along with the science the way this outbreak is moving along. Liz... I thought, what's that, gosh, what does that phrase they told me? I thought the science was settled. Is it not settled? Well, he is the science, so please, let's remember that. Also, do you remember that photograph of Joe Biden and Jill Biden kneeling next to those chairs with uh, President Carter and his wife? And how, I don't know if it was Photoshopped or if it's an optical illusion, but Carter and his wife look about this big compared to the Bidens. That's what that shot looks like to me of Fauci being interviewed. It looks like he's about this big compared to his interview, uh, his interviewer. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Fauci would be correct if he could actually show us the evidence. If he had made a claim about masks, for example, and then there was additional evidence that showed something different than his original claim, okay, I'm fine with us learning two things, new things. I'm fine with new information helping our views evolve. I have no problem with that. That's what science is. The problem is that Dr. Fauci never has the science to substantiate his changing opinions. His opinions change not based on data, not based on science, not based on facts. It changes based on ideology and what's convenient for the Democratic Party. This is true on masks. This is true on lockdowns. This is true on social distancing. This is true on vaccines. This is true on booster. It's true on every single one of his positions. And the American people see through this. We all know he's a fraud. Liz, speaking of people seeing through things, this one's a little bit of a stunner for me. The Biden administration flat out lied over the weekend about them coming up with the vaccines. They put out some tweet, you know, Joe Biden did it all, which that doesn't surprise me at all. Of course, they're going to lie. What surprised me is we have fact checkers, liberal fact checkers. We have guys at CNN came out and blasted the Biden administration saying that's blatantly false. So badly the Biden administration had to pretty much reverse themselves and wow, we, we misspoke. Why would the press start turning on Joe Biden? That's never happened before. 
Well, what's interesting is that Twitter didn't kick the Biden White House off of the platform. Even though if you had posted a similar tweet or if I had posted a similar tweet, we would have been sent to Twitter jail um, for being, you know, disinformers, I think is the word that the the czar of disinformation, Nina Jenkowitz, uses for us now, disinformers. Um, It is interesting to see the left turning on Fauci. I mean, I don't know why they have, they've certainly sucked up to him and listened to his every word, obeyed him like the little minions they are for the last two years. They must understand from polling, not ideology, not principle, just polling, that Fauci is very unpopular in the eyes of the American people. They must understand that um, they need to give Trump some credit where it's due or else people who voted for Trump are certainly not going to vote for Trump and maybe voted for Biden after Trump, aren't going to vote for Biden again if, if they see the partisanship of the mainstream media. I, I, whenever, whenever I see the mainstream media doing something correct, I never assume that it's done with good motive. I assume it's done purely out of political strategy, and that's the case with this as well. Liz, there is, I know people don't think I have a heart, and for the most part that's true, but I actually do have feelings inside. For some people, like the people who got lied to over and over and over again about the air fingers quote vaccine, which of course that's not what it is, but they were told the vaccine of course was going to stop them from getting coronavirus, but then, okay, never mind, just two doses, never mind, just a booster, and then you'll be good. We now have information out there now. It's gone in weeks. Weeks, Liz, and any protection that it may have given you, if it gave you any at all, is gone. So we have a nation full of young people now with reproductive problems, women having miscarriages, young men with heart problems all across the all across the board. I actually know a man and a woman both suffering from those things because of the vaccine now. And look, I obviously, I didn't take it. I, I saw through that crap, but a lot of people didn't, and they got pressured or forced into it. And now we have a country full of people with heart problems, Liz. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it, it, it truly is sad. It truly is awful. I don't even want to sit here and make fun of the people who who fell for this because it wasn't just suckers. There were a lot of people who in good faith took this vaccine because they they trust science. They they maybe trust other vaccines that they've gotten. They, they were told by their doctors, by the governing boards of the medical organizations, by the CDC, by the public health officials that this was the way to end COVID. This was the way to protect vulnerable people. There were a lot of people who took the vaccine in good faith. And so I can't, I can't sit here and mock them all. Some of them I can mock, the ones who are quadruple vaxxed and mm. still sick. Yeah. I'm going to laugh at you for that, of course. Um, But a lot of people were hurt by this. And the really sad part is they were hurt. But even watching, even as you and I and all of our viewers can see for ourselves that the vaccine causes harm, whether it's heart problems in young men or reproductive infertility problems in young women, even as we can see this unfolding, the public health establishment won't evolve in their quote unquote science the way that Fauci claims that he does. They won't admit that they were wrong. They won't even admit that these problems are caused by the vaccine. They won't admit that young people never needed this because young people, especially young people who are of appropriate weight and other wise, healthy, aren't at high risk of COVID fatality and never needed this in the first place. They won't admit any of that, even as literally thousands, if not millions of people are suffering from this. That to me is is the saddest part of it all. That it is. All right. Finally, Rear Admiral Buttigieg got up and he was asked about the baby formula. And I am amazed at this administration, how cold they act. It's not just that they are. I know they're a bunch of unfeeling monsters, but man, they don't act like they care care at all. Here's the rear admiral. 
this has been ongoing for months. There were supply chain issues already. Then you have the issue with this one plant, Abbott. Um, whistleblower in September, February, the recall. It's May. Why has it taken so long? And why did the president on Friday seem to say that it was new information to him? He said, if we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have done something earlier. Well, look, the administration acted from day one. Fundamentally, we are here because a company was not able to guarantee that its plant was safe, and that plant has shut down. But that is the federal government's job as regulators to help ensure as safety regulators, of the yes, plant. but let's be very clear. This is a capitalist country. The government does not make baby formula, nor should it. Government doesn't make baby formula, Liz, but who, who shut down that factory? No, he's, he's wrong. And he's an absolute liar. Credit where it's due. Face the Nation actually asked a question that needed to be asked. But he, he's 100% wrong. So Abbott Nutrition is the factory in Michigan that shut down in in February, they issued a voluntary recall of some formula that's very allergy friendly for babies who have um, who have issue more sensitive babies. And that is not why we're having this shortage. It, it exacerbates the shortage, but there was actually warnings from conservative outlets like the Federalist, for example, wrote a piece in January about this looming shortage. In December, there were whistleblowers in some of these factories that said, hey, wait a second, you know, we're going to have a shortage. The, the reason for this is, is multifactorial. First of all, it's a supply chain crisis, a supply chain crisis. We, we have a very brittle supply chain. Uh, we rely on China and the COVID policies implemented and imposed on the American people hurt the supply chain. The COVID policies that we tolerated and encouraged around the world hurt our brittle supply chain. That is actually the root cause of, um, uh, uh, of, this, of this shortage. There's also the labor shortage here in the United States, meaning the federal government and blue states specifically around the country paid people not to work. They gave them more money on welfare, on unemployment, than they would have made had they been working. So that means there's a labor shortage, so there's not enough people to actually work in these factories and produce this. On top of that, there's a monopoly on baby formula manufacturing in our country. The FDA only approves a certain number of manufacturers. So there's not a capitalist society, as Buttigieg uh, insinuates. There's not competition. It's not easy to break into this, into this field. It's actually extremely difficult. It is a monopoly. There are European companies, European baby formula companies, that produce baby formula that is much healthier, much more allergy friendly, and they're not allowed to sell them here because of the FDA's ridiculous labeling regulations. Moms actually buy European formula through third party vendors that basically sneak it into the United States because the FDA won't allow it to come into the United States. So yes, this is not a matter of the free market. This is not a matter of capitalism. This is the government's fault. Liz Wheeler, the Liz Wheeler Show. Thank you, Liz. Thanks, Jesse. All right. We have to talk about, well, abortion, the Supreme Court. We're going to talk about that with Josh Hammer in just a second. Before we do that, let's talk about you and your financial welfare if you own a home. If you own a home, this applies to you. If you own a home, your home title is online. And I'm saying this to you because someone had to explain this to me, and I didn't know in the beginning. I thought my own title was just a piece of paper. It was in the bank. It's online. They're all in the cloud now, meaning these cyber thieves are hunting for them. If they find your home title, they'll wipe you out. They will take loans out against your home, several of them, once they forge your signature on it, which is easy for them, and they'll take off with the money and you'll get wiped out. Evicted. People have been evicted because of this. 
Go to HomeTitleLock.com so it doesn't happen to you. They'll detect any tampering and shut it down like that. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Abortion is evil and abortion is wrong. And we don't have to play these word games everyone wants you to play because we've normalized it in this country where, where you have to say things like, well, I mean, I'm not an, I'm not an absolutist. I, I, I mean, maybe just in certain cases. No, no, it, it, it's always wrong. It's always evil. It's a moral stain on the United States of America that we've murdered 60 million unborn innocent babies who couldn't defend themselves. Joining me now is my friend Josh Hammer. He's the Newsweek opinion editor and host of the Josh Hammer Show. Josh, the leaked Alito opinion is, quote, too normy. This is your piece. What are you talking about? Yeah, so Jesse, always great to be with you, obviously. So look, Justice Alito's opinion is a good opinion, okay? It is an admirably good start. It obviously comes way too late. I mean, Roe versus Wade came down in 1973. The court had an opportunity in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, a case from 1992 to overturn Roe. They decided not to. So. Thank God this happened. I mean, we have lost 63 million unborn children in the past 49 years since Roe was handed down, as you said. The problem with the Alito opinion, and again, we should we should be praising the opinion, okay? This obviously is a tremendous achievement. It, like Roe sh- should have been overturned a long time ago. The problem is I think we on the right have gotten too accustomed to speaking of abortion as a quote unquote state's rights issue or under our system of governance as a federalism issue. And that's basically all the Alito opinion does. But in this essay that I published over the weekend, what I actually argue is that properly speaking, the same way that back in the 1850s and obviously into the 1860s, slavery was not sustainable as a state-by-state issue. This is basically the Lincoln-Douglas debates in Illinois in 1858. Stephen Douglas famously argued that in the then Western territories that slavery should be a state issue. And Lincoln said, no because this is wrong. We know this is a moral evil. Therefore, we have to protect everyone equally. So I'm saying here that pro-lifers ultimately have to do the exact same thing for unborn children and enact a federal constitutional protection, ultimately speaking. So Alito's opinion is a good start, but it's really only a start, I think. Agreed. I don't have any problem with that at all. It should not take place anywhere within the borders of the country. But what would you say, because you're inevitably going to get pushback on this, that that, that goes too far, Josh? If, if we're, we're incrementally winning the battle anyway, why shoot ourselves in the foot? What say you to those people? So, look, Jesse, I mean, there are so many there are so many people on our side, whether it's kind of uh, in an abortion context, immigration context, you know, there are so many people that I like to refer to as thumb suckers. You know, the thumb suckers who would just kind of pat everyone on the head and say, oh, we're doing a great job. Yay, yay, team. I kind of view it as my responsibility to say, look, this isn't a good this is a good opinion, but this simply does not represent the end goal here. And you know, look, the same way that it obviously took President Lincoln a long time, obviously, to fight a horrific civil war, the 13th Amendment with a which abolished slavery, worked his way through Congress in 1865, way towards the end of his life before he was assassinated, culminating in the 14th Amendment three years after he was assassinated. But he, all the that whole time he had some people whispering in his ear remember what the real end goal here is to abolish slavery not be a state-by-state issue that's kind of what i'm trying to do here i'm not comparing myself to lincoln obviously but i'm trying to remind the pro-life movement that our ultimate goal is to eradicate abortion in america not a state-by-state issue josh the public 
Aren't they coming around on this issue to the correct side simply because of science, simply because of these 3D ultrasounds and things? And you can look, I mean, you know that's not a clump of cells. You can see the head, hands, you can see the beating heart. We are winning though, right? Give me some good news. Yeah, look, I mean, there are actually few issues, honestly, that I think that we are winning on as much as we are winning on this issue. I mean, overall speaking, kind of millennials, even Gen Z to an extent, you know, the, obviously the Gen Z being a generation that for all sorts of reasons is kind of messed up in various ways. But even if you look at the polling for, you know, people just generally speaking below the age of 35, we really, our generation is more pro-life than our parents' generation for the very simple reason that because of the advancing state of medical science, embryology, and our knowledge of the unborn life in the womb, that it is obvious to all through ultrasound technology and things like that, that this is a child. This is a, is a distinct member of the human species from fertilization onward. We have the medical science to prove it at this point. And, you know, we actually really are kind of making advances on this issue. In many ways, the pro-life cause has been a very successful kind of litigation strategy with all the various lawsuits and just the, the picket lines. I mean, we really have been successful on this issue to date. My purpose in writing this piece, though, is that we just have a little bit further to go, but we very much are on the correct trajectory at this point, Jesse. Josh, here's a little video of the greatest living American, Clarence Thomas. One of the things I say in response to the media is when they talk about, especially early on, about the way I did my job, I said, I will absolutely leave the court when I do my job as poorly as you do yours. <laughs> and that was meant as a compliment, really. <laughs> Josh, why can't we just clone him? <laughs> Oh my God, I wish we could. Look, I mean, he is the greatest living American. I was happy to hear you introduce him as that. That's exactly what Clarence Thomas is. Uh, I mean, that whole exchange, I need to go and find the whole video. I mean, that whole conversation with John Yu looks like it's totally worth watching. I mean, CT is one of a kind. I mean, that man is an American treasure. Uh, you know, I, I, I consider myself blessed. I, I run the circles where I've had so many friends clerk for him. The judge that I clerked for on, on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit based out of Texas, Judge Jim Ho, himself clerk for CT. I've had a lot of kind of mentors over the years clerk for CT. He is a he is a man among boys. He is a he is a literal living giant. But you know, he kind of the thing about Clarence Thomas that is so interesting, his his entire biography is incredible. And there was this wonderful documentary that came out entitled Created Equal, directed by Michael Pack. Worth watching, great documentary. But the thing that I think helped make CT who he is today is he was, I think, somewhat radicalized by his confirmation process, going back, obviously, to that exchange with Joe Biden, with Anita Hill and all these fabricated charges. I think he kind of emerged from that, really just seeing the enemy who the enemy is. I was kind of hoping that something similar might happen to Brett Kavanaugh because he went through something very similar, obviously, to what Clarence Thomas had gone through 27 years prior. We haven't seen that from Kavanaugh yet, but he really is the greatest of all time, honestly, in so many ways, Clarence Thomas. What a, what a legend. He most definitely is. All right, Josh, you have another piece up called Joe Biden versus We the People. What are you talking about? Yes, this is my column from last week. I mean, I guess, Jesse, what I'm trying to argue in that column is if you kind of look at issue by issue what is happening in the world, whether it's their inability to get inflation under control, this ridiculous and horrific and, and lethal baby formula shortage, let alone the fact that we have this baby formula shortage while at the same time we have we now have these videos from Congresswoman Kamek here in Florida with, with the illegal alien detention centers stocked with baby formula, whether it's $40 billion in aid to Ukraine, an issue that I think you and I and the median American 
frankly, at this point, three plus months into a conflict, doesn't particularly care about that much on a day-to-day basis. Everywhere you look, they are throwing the American citizen under the bus and they are prioritizing whether it's the radical environmentalist greenie lobby, whether they're prioritizing the open border illegal alien lobby there with the baby formula, whether they're prioritizing the endless war lobby with respect to Ukraine. They are they're prioritizing their various lobby groups. And you know who pays the price for that, obviously, is the median American who's facing ridiculous annihilating inflation at the supermarket, at the gas pump, once a generation food shortages, just horrific stuff. But everywhere you look, they are prioritizing people who are not the people they should be defending, who they have a constitutional oath to protect and and to defend. Well, if anything, they're attacking us. It's the Josh Hammer Show. Josh, thank you, my brother. You bet, man. All right. We have to talk about primaries next. They matter a lot, more than the general. Before we do to that, though, let's talk about Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Look, if it seems like I'm smiling, it's because I am. I like coming on here and telling you about products you love. I like that I show up every day and I have emails from people. Oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. I didn't believe you. I didn't believe my buddy either when he told me about them. It's just this little air purifier. It's only like that big. It plugs into the wall. It doesn't even hardly make any noise. (coughs) My buddy told me it would fix my allergies. I didn't believe him because I'd heard that a lot about air purifiers. Oh, this one did. It cleans the air. Viruses mold. The air doesn't smell anymore. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, because I now own three of them. I started with one, I now own three. And you can get a three-pack for under $200. You have to use the promo code JESSE, though. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. You know what helps young boys? When they're having trouble in school, when somebody's picking on them. You know what what helps young boys? Balling up their fist and punching somebody in the face. A good fight. And I know every mother watching this right now just cringed when I said it, but you need to hear me. You need to hear me. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to explain what makes your life better as a boy. It's not the new anti-bullying program. It's not going to tell mommy or the teacher, you... The guy you're having trouble with, meet out behind the gym, trade some hands, someone gets a bloody lip, busts up his knuckle a little bit. When it's done, it's done, and oftentimes, you become best friends with the guy you just fought. Why? Because competition makes us uncomfortable. People cringe. People say, stop, guys! But competition is good. Competition is good. It is good and healthy to compete. Competition makes everyone better. The competitors win. The people who get the final product wins. Competition is good. Why do you think your favorite sports team has tryouts of some kind? Why don't they just hand the starting job to this guy? Because everyone gets better when people compete. Right now, there's a nasty primary going on in Pennsylvania to be Senate, well, for Senator. Who's going to be the GOP nominee? Is it going to be Dr. Oz, who's clearly a scumbag, even though Trump endorsed him? Is it going to be this Barnett lady? I don't know her. I hear good things. I don't know. Who's going to be the winner? I don't know. But I'm seeing a lot of this from the right right now. I'm seeing a lot of, oh, I don't like this fighting. Oh, I hate when they fight. I wish we would get along. Oh, please. Have a great fight. 
get in there and fight. You should want your elected representatives to have to compete for your vote every single step of the way. I want a nasty primary. And guess what? Guess who comes out of that nasty primary ready to tangle with the Democrat machine? The Democrat machine that is particularly nasty in Pennsylvania. Do I need to point to you about all the election mishaps there? The best person for the job will be the one who's able to come out of this nasty primary fight victorious. And finally, this is a lesson for you and a lesson for me and everybody out there. Primaries. We complain all the time, myself included. I know you do too. We complain about the Republican Party, the GOP. Why don't they do this? Why do they suck so bad? Uh, why are they weak? Why do the GOP? Su- why? 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 Why don't they ever change? They don't ever change because we don't ever change them. We go and vote in the general, right? It's easy to get motivated. Woohoo! It's November, election day. Let's vote against the communist scumbags. It's easy to get motivated for that. Not as easy when you actually have to dig in, do some research on the primary candidates, see who believes what. You might even have to go out to an event or two, walk up to them, shake their hand, ask them a couple very pointed questions. They're available people. Even in Pennsylvania, you can go talk to them. And then you have to go on an election day that isn't normal. Uh, When's the primary? I, I don't even know. But that's what will change the country. You're never going to get a new Republican Party until you, until you start electing new Republicans. We can continue to elect the same old rhino losers who will go to the Senate and violate our values, <coughs> Dr. Oz, or we can go vote somebody else in. What do you think we should do? All right. We have a very special Light in the Mood coming up next. All right, AMC, they did an ad recently, and uh, I really thought they nailed it, and I thought it would be perfect for tonight's Light in the Mood. We come to this place for magic. We come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim. In fact, that seems like an appropriate time to bring up the head of our ministry of truth. We've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow we born together. Dazzling images on a huge silver screen. You don't stop a twenty-three-dollar economy and then start printing trillions of dollars and then just start chucking money at the economy. That's not how it works. Because here. They are. <laughs> Good work, production team. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country 
giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.